Thank you for listening to this production from New Life Presbyterian Church. If you'd like to find out more, visit newlifepca.org. Thank you, Emily. Tis the season for us to hear Emily play, have these decorations in the sanctuary for us to hear these songs sung. Tis the season for us to watch the 1989 film Christmas Vacation. Some of you have probably already seen it this season. Uh, if you haven't, you've probably seen it before. And if you've seen it before, you'll likely recall this scene where the dad, whose name is Clark Griswold, it's pictured here, uh, experiences these repeated failures of trying to light an excessive amount of Christmas lights on his house and to get them to work. But what Clark Griswold doesn't know is that the electrical switch is turned off. I hope that's not a spoiler for those of you that haven't seen it. But of course, if the electrical switch is turned off, he doesn't have power and you can't get the lights to work without power. But sadly, there's actually a deeper and more important connection that's often missed and neglected during this season. Many will miss making the Christmas connection, a connection with light that is stronger than all of the darkness that we find in our world. And this light can only come through a connection with Jesus. Jesus is the reason that we're celebrating during this Christmas Advent season because Jesus is the source of light and Jesus is the source of true life. How do we make this connection with Jesus? Well, there's a passage that tells us a little bit about this connection, but it's not something that we typically think of as a Christmas text, we find it actually in John's Gospel in the 15th chapter. And so that's what I want to spend a little bit of time thinking about and sharing with you tonight from John's Gospel, chapter 15. We're going to read just verses 4, 5, and 6. So if you have your Bibles tonight, you can turn them to John chapter 15. If you don't have a Bible with you tonight, you should be able to locate one in the seats in front of you nearby. And our text can be found on page 526 of those Bibles. But again, we're going to look at John chapter 15, and I want you to be in a Bible tonight because we're going to look at these verses as well as a lot of the surrounding verses in this text tonight. So we're just going to read verses 4, 5, and 6 of John chapter 15, however. And so this is what we read there, Jesus speaking these words to his disciples, beginning in John chapter 15, verse 4. Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered thrown into the fire, and burned. This is the word of the Lord. So there are several things for us to note about this passage, about making the Christmas connection with Jesus. Namely, I want us to see that there's a condition here that has to be met. There's also a command that's given to us, and there's a consequence noted as well. So we want to begin with this condition. A condition is stated in verse 4 by Jesus. Unless, unless something happens, a condition has to be met, unless you abide 
in me. And Jesus uses this illustration from gardening to teach an important truth about being connected to him. Listen to him again. He says, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Now, this illustration is not difficult for us to get. We kind of intuitively understand that a branch that's separated from the vine is going to die, period. A branch can't live on its own. The vine provides the nourishment and is the source of life for this branch, and this branch is completely dependent upon the nourishment and life that that vine provides. And Jesus is telling us here that this is one way that we can understand our relationship with him. That Jesus is the vine who gives us nourishment and life, and we as his disciples are those who are completely dependent upon him for spiritual nourishment and for life. Now, most of us don't have direct experience with vines, even though we kind of understand the illustration going on, but we can think also of something that's much more common at this time of year, and that's a Christmas tree. You can go out into the field and chop down a Christmas tree, bring it into your house, and decorate it with all kinds of shiny lights and bright ornaments. But severed from its roots, it can't live. That Christmas tree is dead when you bring it into your home. And of course, that will become more evident as the days go on and the needles turn brown and they fall to the ground and you eventually take it out to the end of your driveway and you throw it away. It can't live on its own, but the important thing for us to recognize is that people can be like Christmas trees. People can be like Christmas trees by decorating themselves up with all kinds of outward things to make them appear good and beautiful, like the glitter of the latest things or the glitz of the, the new upgrades or all of the shine of those earthly possessions and material things that we have wrapped up underneath our trees. But despite all of those outward things, they have souls that are dead inside because they're not connected to the source of life. They're not connected to Jesus. And so I would encourage you to think about this tonight. Are you a living branch connected to Jesus who is the source of spiritual nourishment and life? Or are you a Christmas tree, simply decorated outwardly, but inside you have a dead soul? See, none of these material things around us, none of the things of earth can actually give us life. They cannot nourish our hearts. Only a connection to Jesus can do that. And so essential, so non-negotiable is this condition of abiding in Jesus that has to be met, that Jesus tells his disciples in verse 5, Apart from me, you can do nothing. In other words, what Jesus is saying here is there is no true, genuine, abiding life. There is no true, genuine, abiding fruit apart from abiding in Jesus, being connected to him. But abiding in Jesus is not just a condition that has to be met. It's a command that's given here. We read of this command in verse 4. Jesus says, abide in me could also be translated, remain in me, but that's a command. Abide in me, he says. But what does that mean? And how can we abide 
in Jesus. Well, we might get some clues from the broader context here of John chapter 15, actually. For example, we stopped at verse 6, but if we go on to verse 7, we read that Jesus tells his disciples, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. There's this connection about abiding in Jesus and having his words abide in us. And so there's there's a sense in which abiding in Jesus involves having his word in us. And that means that we expose ourselves to that word, that we open up our hearts to the scriptures. We hide that word in our hearts and we feed upon his word so that it is in us. We abide in Jesus and we feed upon his word and intake his word into us. But we also read in verses 9 and 10 in this very chapter, Jesus says, abide in my love. Not just abide in me, but abide in my love. That's another command. If you keep my commandments, this is how you'll abide in my love. And so we also see that abiding in Jesus involves this obedience, keeping his commandments. But this commandment is a way that we abide in his love. And so Jesus comes back to this idea of love because the commandment that he likely has most in mind is a commandment that he gives the disciples in verse 12 of this chapter. He says, this is my commandment, that you love one another even as I have loved you. And so we abide in the love of Jesus when we're loving others. But maybe more than any of these other things, abiding in Jesus entails clinging to him in faith and in trust. That's what it means to abide in Jesus, clinging to him in faith and in trust. This entire section of John's gospel begins with a call to believe in Jesus in John chapter 14, verse 1. And this section of John's gospel begins to draw to a close in John chapter 16, verse 27, where he gives us assurance to his disciples that the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. Because you have believed. And so abiding in Jesus means to believe in him, to trust in him, to love and obey him, and to love and obey his word. And all of these things are connected to each other, right? To trust and have faith in Jesus is to love and obey him. And to love and obey him is to trust him and to believe in him. And to love and obey him is to love and obey his word. All these things are connected. And this is what it means to abide in Jesus and be connected to him. And there's consequences to this as well. Jesus says in verse 5, Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. This is the consequence of being connected to Jesus, bearing fruit. And of course, it should, this shouldn't surprise us either because that's what branches connected to living vines do. They bear fruit. But we can also ask the question here, what kind of fruit might Jesus have in mind here? Well, again, if we look at the broader context, we might get some clues. We have already seen that Jesus has a concern here for love and for obedience. But if we look just before this chapter, in John chapter 14, verse 27, Jesus is talking about peace. Peace I leave you, my peace I give to you. And then later in John 15, verse 11, he says, these things I have spoken to you, these words that we have been looking at, he's spoken these words, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. Things like love and joy and hope and peace 
All of these things we read about so frequently on the Christmas cards during this season are the things that Jesus talks about here. But we realize that these things can only come to us. We can only bear this kind of fruit. We can only receive these kinds of things by abiding in Jesus, by faith in him, trust in him, obeying him, being connected to the vine who is the very source of these things. He is the source of love and peace and joy and hope. So let's be honest. I mean, these things are hard to come by in our world, aren't they? Love, joy, peace, hope. They're hard for us to give. They're hard for us to find and to receive. Maybe that's a reason that we seem to only talk about them once a year because they seem so elusive. We might talk about them favorably when the, when the sun is shining in our lives. What about those times where we're in a season of winter where our hearts are cold and the things inside us seem to be withering? Or what about those times of trial where we find ourselves in the desert heat, in the scorching heat of the wilderness of trial and difficulty and affliction where things seem to be wilting inside of us. How do we bear this kind of fruit? How do you find the power to display the kind of love that allows you to be patient in serving and sacrificial in loving the people around you? How do you find the power to bear the fruit of peace dealing with the conflicts in your relationships and being able to extend the grace of forgiveness to those who have wronged you? Where do you consistently find the power to bear that kind of fruit? Where do you consistently find the power to bear the fruit of joy in the midst of hardship and suffering, to be able to rejoice in that? You see, this fruit that we bear, we can only do that consistently in our lives as character qualities if we're abiding in the vine, if we're connected to Jesus, it's the only way we can consistently bear this fruit as part of our character. There's actually another consequence that Jesus mentions here in verse 6. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Listen to that language there. Thrown away, withers gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. These are images of judgment. They're images of judgment. And so when we think about the consequences, there's life and bearing fruit. There's judgment. Those are the consequences of abiding in Jesus and not abiding in Jesus. Being connected to him by faith and not being connected to him. Those are the consequences. What will it be for you? What will it be for you? Are, are you a living branch connected to Jesus, the true vine, and his word by faith and trust and love and obedience? Or are you like a Christmas tree who spends a season all decorated up with the stuff of earth, but inside your soul is dead just to be taken out to the end of the driveway and in the garbage when the party of life is over. Those are the consequences. But you can be connected to Jesus. You can be connected to him and find true light and true life. You can find true love and peace and hope and joy by being connected to him and abiding in him who is the true vine. But the only way any of us can be connected to Jesus 
is because Jesus has first sought connection with us. That's what the incarnation is all about. Jesus has come to us seeking to be connected to us. He has sought out relationship, fellowship with us that we might be redeemed and reconciled to him and to our heavenly father. In fact, at the beginning of John's gospel, at the end of the first chapter, there's this interesting dialogue between Jesus and a man named Nathaniel. Nathaniel is brought to Jesus and Nathaniel comes to realize that Jesus is indeed the Messiah and he declares that Jesus is the Son of God and the King of Israel. And Jesus has this intriguing response at the end of John 1 to this declaration from Nathaniel that he's the Son of God and the King of Israel. This is what Jesus says in John chapter 1, verse 51. He says to Nathaniel, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This seems like a strange response to this declaration, unless we're very aware of the Old Testament, unless we know our Old Testament really, really well, because Jesus is drawing from language that we read about in Genesis, actually. When Jacob is fleeing his older brother Esau, when Esau's trying to kill him for being deceptive and stealing his blessing. Jacob has to flee the area, and as he's leaving the promised land, we read this in Genesis chapter 28, verse 12. Jacob dreamed a dream, and behold, there was a ladder set up on the earth, and the top of it reached to heaven. And behold, the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Angels of God ascending and descending. That's the language that Jesus is using here. And what Jesus is telling Nathaniel is that he is the ladder connecting heaven to earth. He is the one who has come down and he is the one who can lift us up into heaven. And Jesus is declaring that in his birth and his life and his death and his resurrection and his ascension, that we can connect with God and we can enter into the glories of heaven itself. And you can connect to eternal life in him by placing your faith and trust in the Jesus who was born on Christmas Day. Because he is the ladder. He is the true vine. He is the Christmas connection to life and to light and to love and to joy and to peace in this life and forevermore. So let's pray for God to give us grace to abide in Jesus for life and light and all that he gives to us. Let's pray. Our gracious God in heaven, we do pray that you would give to our hearts faith and trust and love for our Savior Jesus who was born into this world that he might connect to sinners, that he might call us to himself, that in him, he might provide us with nourishment and with life. Father, we pray that you would make us living branches by abiding in Jesus, our Savior, by faith. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.